Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. This is Ignition. Welcome to Ignition, a radio show and podcast for the new evangelization. I'm your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and we want to launch your own efforts to explain the Catholic faith and to invite others to live it. Before we get into today's topic, we want you to know that we love listener feedback. So if you've got questions about today's episode, if you've got ideas for future episodes, please contact us. There are two easy ways to do so. You can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, again, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or you can tweet at us. Use the Twitter handle at SFDiocese, S-F-D-I-O-C-E-S-E, with the hashtag Ignition. So two easy ways to contact us. Um, longtime listeners of Ignition, you would know that uh, my longtime co-host, Father Dickinson, has uh, stepped away about a month ago uh, to focus on some of his priestly duties and ministries at St. Paul's uh, Parish in White and at the Pius XII Newman Center in Brookings at South Dakota State University. So um, I've got a a series of great co-hosts, and then I've got today's (laughs) (laughs) co-host. I knew that was coming, (laughs) and he scraped the bottom of the barrel because nobody else would play with him today. (laughs) So I have my uh, a longtime guest co-host, uh, back with me today, Renee Leach. Hi, Renee. Hi, How everybody. I am well. Good. I am well. So for those maybe who haven't listened to Ignition or heard you before on Ignition, could you just briefly introduce yourself? I am, uh, like I said, the when Chris is desperate for somebody to fill a spot, he comes knocking on my door at my office. I am an average Catholic woman who happens to work for the diocese in the Human Resources Office. I'm the mother of two and grandmother to one um husband of one has and i have wife of one i am the wife of one yeah my my first husband is is still with me (laughs) 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 and um i am the daughter the beloved daughter of the one true king and that's why i'm here today amen uh (laughs) renee is originally west river for those of you keeping score but you've been east river for well, the majority of your life. Now. I've been East River for twenty eight years. Twenty eight years. So, yeah. but I'm a West River girl, and um, and I'm I'm I, I'm brought on because I make Doctor Bergwald look really good <laughs> because he well, just drills I, me with questions. Oh, to that's what the engineer says. <laughs> that's what the engineer claims. But yeah, um, it just like uh, listeners know. Well, okay, so my I, I'm Chris Bergwald, the director of adult discipleship and evangelization with the diocese. Uh, been with the diocese for 15 years, been married to my wife for 18 years, uh, and she and I have five kids. I'm originally from Minnesota, and just as there's a saying that you, you can take the Minnesotan out of Minnesota, but you can't take the Minnesota out of the Minnesotan. I think the same this is true about West River. Oh, yeah. I'm a, uh, you you can, can take the girl off the prairie, but you can't take the prairie out, off the, girl. out of the girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm... Yeah. I'm a West River girl, a little short and sassy. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yes. So um, today what we're going to talk about in this episode um, is looking at something that for Catholics is on the one hand very familiar to us, but I think, Renee, that sometimes familiarity can breed contempt and we can take for granted things we've always had or maybe, uh, well, both, both and potentially, take it for granted and or... Um, not really give it uh, a closer look um, to look at what's going on under the hood. 
I I agree with that. I think a lot of times, um, especially if you're raised with it and you don't know anything different and you just, it's it's what's presented before you and it's just routine and it's normal and, and um, we can become complacent right. about I, yeah. what we're experiencing and, and what's happening. And um, I'm an adult convert and came to the Catholic Church. Um, well, it's been a while, but... Um, one of the things that drew me to the Catholic Church were uh, the sacraments and the beauty of the liturgy and um, how biblical everything is in the church. And that's what we're going to be talking about today is particularly um, looking at the sacraments as concrete, tangible realities that are far more important than we might, um, than we typically realize. Um and I'll leave it at that for now. So the way that I want to get into this um, is <clears throat> what we're going to do is Renee and I are, are by and large going to be riffing off of what the catechism of the Catholic Church tells us um, about what the sacraments are. Um, because I, as, as a cradle Catholic myself, I do think that we can take them for granted. I love the word that you use, complacent, mm-hmm. um, that we can become complacent about them and never really look more closely um, at the beauty and the power um, that is present in the sacraments. But but our job is not to give you our opinion. Our job is to hopefully hand on to you the truth that God has revealed through his church. Amen. Uh, which we receive in scripture. Maybe and, a little opinion. And the catechism. <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe just a tad. A wee bit of opinion. So um, <clears throat> uh, I, there, there's a beautiful image that I wanted to talk about in the catechism. But Renee said we can't because the listeners can't see it. Well, can you, listener? Can you see it? That was a big no. Did you hear that yeah, silence? I, I, that was a big no. Okay, fine. So there. No, I, I, I do want to just reference the image. Um, uh, yeah, obviously it's impossible to for me to paint a picture of it in your mind, but um, we're going to talk about the story the image is based off. So if you have a copy of the Catechism, um, the, the second part of the Catechism is where it gets into the sacraments and the liturgy and so on. Um, and there's a beautiful image um, at the beginning of that section, which shows us, uh, it, it's a visual portrayal of one of the powerful encounters uh, that Jesus had in the Gospels, where he um, has an interaction with a woman who is suffering from a hemorrhage um, for 12 years. She's, she's uh, been hemorrhaging and nobody's been able to help her. And she hears about Jesus and she comes um, and she says, if I can just but touch the tassel of his cloak and she touches him uh, and she's healed. And, and in the gospels we're, we're told um, that Jesus looks around and who touched me? And the disciples are like, are you kidding me? There's a hundred people like around this. you. <laughs> like who touched? Who didn't touch you? But he sensed that power had gone out from him, and then she, very maybe in fear, but still bravely, uh, comes forward and 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 your faith has healed you, and so on. And then he goes and raises a young woman from the dead. He was on his way um, mm-hmm. to to hear uh, to to raise a young woman from the dead when when he had this encounter. So the the image. Um, uh, is a portrayal of her just touching the tassel on his cloak. And I just, Renee, to get into this conversation with the sacraments and what they really are um, and what they mean and their importance, I'd just like us to, to maybe to read, um, because I think the listeners can hear, right? Is it okay for me to read? Is it, <laughs> is that, is that I'm not the only sassy person sitting at this table. I just want to clarify yeah. that. 
Um, so let's read it and then talk about it sort of paragraph by paragraph. Um, so I'll take the first one. We'll discuss it. Can you take the second one and then discuss it? Sure. Okay, great. <clears throat> so the catechism says, the scene depicts the encounter of Jesus with the woman with the hemorrhage. This woman who had suffered for many years was healed by touching the cloak of Jesus through the power that had gone forth from him. So the thing that strikes me about that and this part of this, the, the, the sort of the, the beginning of the story, she's been suffering, truly suffering in, in, the, in, her, in this case, in a physical way for years. And she becomes aware of Jesus of Nazareth and she has confidence, she believes that he has the ability to heal her. So yeah. I... <laughs> I just want to point out something why this is so significant Go. is bec- the fact that she is hemorrhaging prevents her from accessing the temple. Yeah. And so it's a big deal yep. for her, a woman of faith and not being able to go into the temple for 12 years to hear the word the proclaimed. Word proclaimed. <clears throat> We're going to talk more about uh, the liturgy in another episode uh, in, a, in a broader way, but the reality that that the word of God, so she's probably illiterate as a, as, as a Jew of the time, yep. but she would have heard the word proclaimed and, the, and, and for the Jewish people of that time as before, um, biblically, they would have believed that it's in the, the, the temple liturgy in a particular way that that word is actualized in their midst. And she is, because of her hemorrhaging, ritually, ritually impure or unclean. And so she can't participate in the liturgy where the word is not only proclaimed, but happens. Any of it. None of, right. the, none none of, of it. the feasts, none of the, I mean, she's, <clears throat> she's basically an outcast. Right, right. So, but, but, the, and the thing that, I, that struck me just in that, the, the opening there is what does she do? She goes to Jesus. She, to be trite, maybe she has a problem and she's tried other things, but in her desperation, she goes to Jesus. And I think that is maybe a good lesson for us that when we have difficulties, um, maybe we've tried to solve them, maybe we can't, but whatever, that we need to flee to Jesus Christ with the problems that we have. I agree, but I think you need to emphasize the fact that yes, she went to Jesus and she fleed to him, but she went there trusting exactly. that he could make a difference. Right. She believed in him. She, she had faith believed in him. in him that it would make a difference if she touched the, the tassel of his cloak. Yep. Yep. She so, went with faith. She went with faith. Yep. Amen. Anything else in that opening, this just little initial description the catechism gives? No. Okay. Could you read the second one? Sure. The sacraments of the church now continue the works which Christ had performed during his earthly life. The sacraments are, as it were, powers that go forth from the body of Christ to heal the wounds of sin and to give us the new life of Christ. I love that. I do. I love that upside down sideways and back and forth and why this, this okay so this first sentence that you read i almost stopped you there <laughs> the sacraments of the church now continue the works which christ had performed during his earthly life so when we read in the gospels stories like this one of the woman uh with the hemorrhage or the girl who's died or all these times when people come to jesus in faith with their problems he's able to help them he's able to heal them so when we read about the works which Jesus performed during his earthly life, we can look at those and, oh, but it, only if. No, 
I have access to the same Jesus and the same power through the sacraments. The sacraments of the church now continue the works which Christ performed during his life. The sacraments of the church are the means by which I can touch the tassel of Jesus' cloak. The means by which I, in faith, can, like this woman, be healed of my maladies, particularly the malady of sin. And it is our predisposition to the encounter. What What is in our heart when we approach? Are we approaching in faith? Right. Believing that he can make a difference in our lives? Or are we approaching it as if something, it's a, we've done it a thousand times and Amen. we go in there mindless and we're not paying attention and it's just a, it's just a process that we go through during Mass. Baptism is just a, a celebration, um, doesn't mean anything. But the sacraments, something tangible happens. You have an encounter with the living God. With the living God. And he, so this gets to the second sentence then that you read. The sacraments are, as it were, powers that go forth from the body of Christ to heal the wounds of sin and to give us the new life of Christ. So just as this woman received power when she touched the tassel of Jesus' cloak, so do you and I, we do receive power when we receive the sacraments because it's the same Jesus that uh, whose whose tassel she touched that we receive in the sacraments. Yes. The same Jesus. It's the same Jesus. But the healing comes to the degree to which we are properly disposed Amen. and have faith. Amen. So the reason I love this is because I do think we, you know, especially, especially for um, many of us at some point in our lives as adults um, or youth, we, we, we have an awakening. We're, 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 uh, or are we reawakening? We hope everybody has an awakening. Right, right. Many of <laughs> I said many of us do. Um, where we become aware of of the reality, the truth that God is real, that mm-hmm. He loves me, et cetera, et cetera. We we come to maybe a new appreciation for the reality of who Jesus, what He did, what Jesus did for me. But then there's maybe, and I sort of alluded to this earlier, a wistfulness, uh, a disappointment that, but that was two thousand years ago, and I know that I can pray to Him now, and I know that I can have a real relationship, but only if I could be like the apostles. And the reality of our situation today is that we have a closer, more intimate encounter with Jesus Christ today than the apostles did when he was on earth. So that's the answer. So explain this. So so somebody says to you, Renee, um, boy, I wish I, 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 I love Jesus. I know he loves me. Um, but but the apostles, they they were with him for Three years, they they lived and breathed on a daily basis with the God Man. I I want what they had, and so unpack what you just said. Well, I one of the things that just gets me excited about the Catholic Church is the fact that what other faith, what other religion on earth can says that you can sit twenty feet from the actual body, blood, soul, and divinity. Of Jesus Christ. What other faith allows you to receive him in a very intimate way to the point that he joins with you on a, on a molecular level when you receive the Eucharist? Right. We, we take him with us. Right. He is inside of us. We take him with us and we can, by participating in the sacraments, we have real, tangible, one-on-one, face-to-face encounter 
with the li- with the living water with with God. With God. I, you know, I, because I think the reality is there were people who met Jesus when he was alive who were not impressed. Right. In fact, who hated him. Yep. Um, today, we, it, it, and this goes back to the whole disposition thing. Yeah, when we receive the sacraments, they can become ritualistic, but it depends on our disposition. Do we approach them with faith, just as the woman with the hemorrhage approached Jesus with faith or not? We are changed to the degree, to the degree that we approach him with deep faith. Amen. And so that's why I think sometimes um, we can be, the sacraments can seem, I don't know, uh, we could become complacent, your word, complacent about them because we've received them or we, we see others receive them and it doesn't seem magical or nothing happens. It's not transformative. But that's because it's not magic. It depends on the degree to which I am disposed with faith. Okay, but I'm going to disagree with you. Oh, you are? What I... did I say? <laughs> We have a supernatural faith. Yes, we do, and um, and I'm I have two. I have four millennials. Actually, my children are married. I'm raising four millennials. Um, their term for the supernatural is magic. All right. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. So, to broaden the the vocabulary to include a broader audience. There is magic that happens there. There is something supernatural that happens there. We, you can't deny it. It's, it, it starts with um, the symbols of water and of bread and of wine, and something magic does happen. But we only receive the benefits of that magic if we are in tune and, right. and approach it in a prayerful way. Yep, yep. I Chris, agree. Chris has a little tendency. I've, I've noticed that most most Catholics have a little tendency to shy away from the word magic. Um, but I love the fact that how can, and maybe it's because I am not a theologian and I have a, um, a naivety still to my faith. But when you're talking angels in your guard, you know, guardian angels and demons and, and, that's all supernatural. That's right. all. That's all magic, and right. it's all. If you're wonderful. using it that way, I would agree. The reason the reason I shy away from the idea of magic is because it's uh, because of the importance in my faith for the benefit to happen, that, and which you touched. You already explained. So, in the sense in which Renee said it, I would agree. <laughs> did you hear that? You guys need to put that on your calendar. He agreed with me. Yeah, Tim, whatever. did you get that? Whatever. Mark that on the tape. You, what, what is it that you're listening to? Oh my goodness, I turned the dial and what are these two talking about? Uh, my name is Chris Bergwald. I am sitting across the table from Renee Leach. You are listening to Ignition, a broadcast for the new evangelization. Uh, and we're talking today about the power, the reality that it is through the sacraments of the church that we have a real living uh, transformative encounter with Jesus Christ. If you got questions about anything we're discussing, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet us at sfdiocese, use the hashtag ignition. Okay, so Renee, we've got about uh, eight minutes or so left in this episode. Um, why don't we continue? Just We're looking at this this uh, beautiful, beautiful image uh, from the Catechism of the Catholic Which you can't Church. see. I just got an eye roll, which you didn't see either, ladies and gentlemen. Um, uh, but it's this the story of of the the hemorrhaging woman who touches Jesus's cloak and is healed. And the catechism we've just been talking about how the catechism teaches that this shows us that it is through the sacraments also that we have a have a transformative encounter with Jesus. So the last paragraph from the the catechism's sort of explanation or commentary on this image says, this image thus symbolizes the divine and saving power of the Son of God 
who heals the whole man, soul and body, through the sacramental life. Again, this image thus symbolizes the divine and saving power of the Son of God, who heals the whole man, soul and body, through the sacramental life. What uh, Does anything strike you in that description or that line from the Catechism, Brene? To be honest with with what struck me first is that the catechism says heals the whole man, soul and body, and yep. they mention soul first, mm-hmm. and I, um, that's the, that is a very important part of us that our that our spirit and our soul be healed, and sometimes we get a spiritual healing, a healing of our soul where we may not get the healing of our body that we have mm-hmm. wanted. Mm-hmm. But if our if our soul is healed, um, it's our soul that's going to get us into heaven. Right. And if our soul gets us into heaven, it's at the end of time. Our bodies, our bodies will go with it. Will be restored, <laughs> glorified. And <they're>, yeah. <laughs> um, just yeah. Picture perfect. There's a whole other conversation we should have. I'll have some time with Renee on ignition talking about glorified bodies and what they do or don't wear. But that's a topic for another time. That is a topic for another time. Okay, so so in light of this entire description, Renee, because I know this is a, a topic that, that um, to be honest, I, I asked Renee, what, what do you want to talk about? What, what are you passionate about right now? Um, and this, this one was your idea. This uh, this one was my idea. So, so and 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 you you when you and I talk about the sacraments, you you often use words like concrete and tangible, and you've used them. I've used them um, in this episode of, as well. Talk more about why, especially as an adult convert, um, you're so struck by the tangibility. And you've touched on this already. The fact, for instance, that we can um, stand, sit, stand, kneel, whatever. Uh, literally near Jesus Christ present in the Eucharist in the tabernacle. But what, what else strikes you about the sacraments this way? I th- for me, um, I just believe in, in the fact that there's something real and actual that happens during the sacraments, during baptism, during marriage, during mm-hmm. the ordinations, during um, the Eucharist, um, confirmation. There, there are real things that happen there, and so often we just think it's just a process that we go through. And um, I have several confirmandi students that have that I've walked um, the confirmation journey with, and I always tell them right before they go up for confirmation, "You are about ready to receive your superpowers." Mm-hmm. Um, we are given it's the completion of our baptism during confirmation, and the Holy Spirit comes down on us. And when you read in the Bible what is possible through the works of the Holy Spirit. Right. It's kind of scary to right. think you're getting all these powers. It's true. And if you're open to them and if you're dispo- you know, predisposed to being obedient to what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do, um, you can do some amazing things. Amen. So, um, but, but you have to be open to it and you have to be um, willing to listen to God's call to it. And you have to continue to grow in your faith. Um, and I think, I think a lot of times, even with baptism, um, baptism is important because um, when you baptize a baby, that puts a tangible mark on their soul. It the Satan can see it. He can see that this child has been adopted into the family of God mm-hmm. through baptism. It's mm-hmm. something that marks the soul, and and it offers a level of protection for that child. 
on their way uh, until they get to the point where they can um, make their own decisions and 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 make their own way. But the the infant baptism is so important um, because something real happens. It's not just a ceremony. It's not just something that you do to make grandma happy, right. which would make grandma very happy. Um, <laughs> But it's real, yep. and 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 a marriage is something tangible. You're taking two separate people, and you're creating one whole family unit, something separate from where they were. Now they're their own family unit, and it's it's real. It's tangible, and it's different from other religious right. beliefs. Right. It's not just these these the sacraments as religious rituals are not just symbolic exactly they are symbolic exactly but they also the 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 traditional language they accomplish what they signify they accomplish what they symbolize what they symbolize happens so the symbolism you you were talking a bit about baptism there the symbolism of water is that it washes but also that it kills well there's an exorcism that happens at baptism there is so when we are baptized the old man within us dies dies and the new man is raised because we are cleansed. And we, are, we were, ta- you and I were talking recently um, about the Old Testament and the beauty of the temple, the, uh, Solomon's temple that he built in Jerusalem, and so on, and how that followed the tabernacle uh, that Moses had through God's direction um, erected, built, and so on, and how the glory cloud of God, the Shekinah, would dwell in in a, in a real way in the tabernacle, particularly on the Ark of the Covenant. Mm-hmm. You and I are arcs of the new covenant. When we when we receive the Eucharist, when we, we're baptized, when we're baptized, we are we are physically the ark of the covenant. We the, the, the glory of God, the literally. Holy Spirit, literally dwells within us, um, and we are arcs. So Mary is the ark because she literally carried Jesus for nine months, but we carried Jesus. For those minutes after after Holy Communion, we hope as long as we're in a state of grace, the Holy we Spirit is dwelling within us in a re- that's that's not just symbolic, that's not just metaphorical, that is real. We are temples of the Holy Spirit. We are arcs of the covenant. Isn't that magical? It's beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's to me, it's just it's awesome. It's something to think about as you go about your day. Mm-hmm. Um, I am the Ark of the Covenant of the Living God. Mm-hmm. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. I am a temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. So so we offer this to you, um, especially I think especially if you're a Catholic, especially a lifelong Catholic. Maybe try when you go to Mass next time to look at it in a new way or when you're participating in a baptism, even just as a quote-unquote observer, think about it in a new way. Thanks for being here today, Renee. Thanks for inviting me. You are welcome. And that will wrap up this episode of Ignition. Again, you can email us, ignition at sfcatholic.org, or tweet at us, at sfdiocese. Use the hashtag Ignition with any questions or ideas for future episodes. And until next time, dear listeners, may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. You can find archives of this and past episodes online at sfcatholic.org. Click on Media and then Audio Files. You can also subscribe to the Ignition Podcast in the iTunes Store. Remember to tune in every Thursday afternoon at 2 p.m. on Lamb Catholic Radio at 91.3 FM in Hartford and 104.3 LPFM Juan Diego Catholic Radio in Sioux Falls and on 88.9 FM in Ipswich and Aberdeen or online at lambradio.com.